From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, June 2nd. A partnership between governmental agencies and university researchers has modern-day trappers searching the state for beavers. But they aren't after pelts. Instead, they're using the large rodent to lessen the effects of drought in our region. Justin Higginbottom has more. I'm at the chalky slopes of the book cliffs in the desert of southeastern Utah. A short, dusty drive from the highway, and there's a leafy oasis along the shallow Price River. I'm with Christine Sandback. She's a graduate student at Utah State University, and she has a beaver in a cage that she's trying to get a read on. Whenever we interact with them, we record their behavior, so she kind of turned away, so that would be fearful, so I'm just going to write that down. Sandback helps to trap and relocate beavers in Utah, and she's gotten to know quite a few. Yeah, it's interesting. They, they really do have different behaviors. Our last one that we did, he was super aggressive, like, the whole time. He was a big male. He was kind of scary. He would hiss and lunge at us. But this beaver is calm with her back turned to us. Sandback named her Ice Baby after finding her in the cold waters of a high-elevation canyon. We're just trapping for a landowner. She has a really amazing beaver complex on her property, but it's just gotten out of hand for her. Although Ice Baby finds herself some 60 miles south of her home waters, she's actually lucky. Before this project, usually the solution would be lethal removal. The state would come in and remove beavers for them. Instead of being killed, the hope is that Ice Baby will go to work for the state. Prolonged drought is drying up sections of this river and threatening fish, including three endangered species. Sandback is working in a partnership with the university and various state and federal agencies using beavers to help ecosystems like this one. Oh, beavers are great for the environment. That's Julie Young. She's a professor at USU working on this project. Beavers build dams to create ponds they can dip into and avoid predators. On that stretch of the Price River, there's a number of human-made beaver dam analogs, or BDAs, to help Ice Baby get started. The idea is that maybe if we have beavers out there and, and they have BDAs they can build off of, that they will dam up some water and let it trickle year-round. And that will help the fish. Young says researchers around the country are studying beaver benefits. For example, in Colorado, their wetlands have acted as breaks for wildfires. And so everything kind of benefits or has the potential to benefit when there's beavers around creating more marsh habitats than otherwise might be in some of these environments. This project is a bit of a test case. After all, it's not an area you might think to find the animal. What's unique about this is it's a desert river system, and that's more rare or less common. Young says that there's some really nice beaver dam complexes on the nearby San Rafael River. And that's what the Price River could look like if beavers are in sufficient number and decide to dam it up. There was once up to 200 million beavers in North America but the fur trade of previous centuries decimated that population. Luckily for beavers, the price of their pelts have plummeted. The top hats made from their fur are out of fashion for most. There's now only 10 to 15 million beavers on the continent. As the West's population has expanded, beavers are once again in conflict with humans, this time with landowners. That's where Nate Norman comes in. He's another modern-day trapper. In a lot of ways, it's similar to the old-time trappers. We're looking for the signs of where the beavers are moving and, and, and where they're active, and then luring them into areas with either food or scent. Although a big difference with past mountain men is he's using non-lethal methods. 
Norman's a biologist with the Beaver Ecology and Relocation Center at USU. He says the state passes on reports of nuisance beavers, and then he'll reach out to property owners and see if they'd prefer relocation to extermination. He also educates them on the usefulness of beavers. And we've had some successes where people have been okay to leave the beaver on their site and and, and not actually have them removed. He says in the last five years, he's seen a change of heart toward beavers. During drought, ranchers have especially come around to the benefits of beavers building stock ponds to provide water for cattle. They realize that when they go out and build a stock pond and it blows out in the springtime, they've got to go back up there and fix it. But if a beaver builds a pond and it blows out in the springtime, the beaver go fix it. They also help grow riparian vegetation used for animal feed, also important in a drought. Back at the Price River, Ice Baby is acting a little less fearful. She's in view of the water and gnawing at her cage. Sandback points out an artificial dam. So that is a BDA right there. Um, so it was built last year. They used to have a ton of juniper and stuff in them. They were way bigger, but they've gotten blown out with floods and stuff. Workers built 70 BDAs last year in the state. If Ice Baby likes this spot, then Sandback's job is done. So that's sort of the goal here is to have this feedback of you build the BDAs, then translocate beavers, BDAs make habitat better for the beavers, and then in turn the beavers maintain the BDAs. So there's no extra resources going into that. Sandback opens the cage and Ice Baby waddles down the dirt path to the water. She slips into the shallow river and gracefully swims away, not even a look back in gratitude. Sandback hopes she sticks around, though, and makes a home of it. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland visited our region this week and announced plans to support clean energy projects. Yvette Fernandez with the Mountain West News Bureau has this report. Climate change poses an existential threat to our environment, health, and economic well-being, according to Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland. In Las Vegas, Holland announced two new developments to foster renewable energy efforts. One, a new policy to reduce by 50 percent rent and fees charged for wind and solar projects on public lands for both existing and new projects. It will incentivize industry to partner in responsible solar and wind development and help encourage and inspire other companies to invest and compete in the clean energy economy. A second development is the creation of five new renewable energy coordination offices to handle the increasing number of applications by wind, solar, and geothermal developers through the Bureau of Land Management. The coordination offices include a national office at BLM's headquarters, within state offices in Arizona, California, and Nevada, as well as a regional office in Utah. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Yvette Fernandez. A new report sheds light on just how quickly camping is growing in North America. Will Walkie, with our partners at KHOL in Jackson Hole, has more. 9.1 million households tried camping for the first time last year, according to a new report from Campgrounds of America. That's a record amount, and marketing director for KOA, Whitney Scott, says in many ways, camping is leading the way as the travel sector recovers from the pandemic. 80% of all leisure travelers are identifying as campers these days. So regardless of demographic or age or background or interests, 
people are camping at a macro level. Campground use is up across the country, as is RV use, glamping, and backpacking. More people than ever are also working remotely from their camping trips, and more visitors than ever to outdoor sites come from urban areas. Scott says that means what people are coming to expect in terms of amenities is starting to change. At KOA, for instance, we have Wi-Fi at every single campground because we know that it's actually helping people disconnect, being able to connect. They stay longer, they feel like they can stay longer, and they can, you know, work remotely. Their kids can um, t- dial into schools. Of course, more visitors isn't always seen as a good thing by everyone. 44% of campers in KOA's report said they got out there less because of overcrowding, and 45% said they were affected by the large number of inexperienced newcomers. Scott says the industry should look into more education and ambassador programs to try and close that knowledge gap so that people feel more comfortable breaking into the pastime. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Will Walkie in Jackson, Wyoming. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, June 2nd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.